been a very interesting Miami Hurricanes recruiting cycle for defensive tackles. Where do the Canes stand with their final two blue chip targets at that position? You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Let's talk some recruiting. That's why we have to bring in our recruiting overlord. This man does an awesome job all over the Locked on Podcast Network, and he's a colleague of mine at allhurricanes.com. <laughs> Brian Smith is with us, and every time Brian joins us to talk recruiting, he is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Brian Smith, how are you, sir? Doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, I'd be doing even better if Miami can keep this recruiting momentum going. Uh, the Hurricanes did land a huge defensive t- tackle target last week, 2025, who might reclassify. We'll see. And we'll circle back and talk about Armando Blunt. But in terms of 2024 defensive tackles, the Hurricanes have two uncommitted blue chip targets left, Brian. And one of those is Aiden Breland from Modern Day in California. He last week narrowed down to his top three. I don't believe he has an announcement date set just yet, but his top three comes down to Miami, Georgia, and Oregon. And I think it's interesting to note, this is a player, Mario Cristobal has been recruiting Aiden Breland since Breland was in the seventh grade. And I think the main reason why Oregon is in Breland's top three is because of Mario Cristobal, who started recruiting him out there in Oregon. And Miami could really use a verbal from Aiden Breland. Where do you think things stand with his recruitment? Miami is right in the middle of it. I've checked around with a couple of different people uh, around Oregon, et cetera. Oregon is always, as you noted, going to be right there. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to figure out why I know that a&M was in it. They appeared to not be. Of course, these things can change. Yeah. Georgia, Miami are the teams to kind of watch as well. I'm going to be curious, and, and I told somebody this the other day, if he gets back to campus at any one of those places for unofficials, that's a telling sign. Can Miami get him back? I mean, that's across the country. Though. It's a lot harder for him to get to Miami and Georgia than it is to Oregon. But that's going to be the biggest key here. He doesn't talk much with media, and I'm being kind. But at the same time, it's Miami's right there. They've been on him forever. And I, I keep giving Miami staff credit for how hard they've recruited him and others. This is another chance because it's not yeah. easy to get kids from L.A. to go to Miami. That's a long way away. Good job by Miami so far. Well, I, I'd love to know, like kind of on your big board, Brian, how you rank five-star Aiden Breland compared to some of the other top defensive tackles. Obviously, Miami missed out, at least for the time being, on David Stone a few weeks ago. I know they haven't stopped recruiting him. Kamari and Franklin, same thing. Justin Scott, who chose Ohio State. How do you compare Breland to some of these other top five-star blue chippers at that position? Breland is physically able to be a two-gap guy, a one-gap guy. He can get up the field. He plays at modern day, which means you've been coached. 
Um, there, there are guys on that staff that could probably coach the college level based on how they just whip everybody they play pretty much. And, uh, I mean, he's he's been a guy everybody's known about for a couple of years, at least. He's an impact guy. Like, even at a program that has talent like Georgia on the D-line, he would compete for playing time. He's that talented. So Miami would be getting a plug-and-play guy, at least on the depth. I'm not saying he's going to walk in and start. But we're talking about a guy that could play three-tech or one-tech and be impactful. And he could draw double teams. He changes what teams have to do. So this this is the difference between winning big and getting to playoff. Now, this these are the kinds of guys. So his recruitment is very, very important to Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes. When we spoke with Mario Cristobal yesterday, he was asked about recruiting momentum. And obviously, Cristobal can't bring up specific recruits' names, tampering and all that, but he can talk about the big picture. And Cristobal said, yeah, the momentum is a real thing, and it's only getting started because, you know, Brian, the difference between recruiting, you know, recruiting the 2024s and the 2025s now versus three or four weeks ago was you were, up until three or four weeks ago, you were selling players on, like, a promise, and idea, and now, you know, we've seen Miami look solid in all three of their games so far, including a big win against Texas A&M. You can actually start showing these players results. Now, you're a guy who covers recruiting so closely. You're all over the state of Florida. Is this momentum for Miami right now? Is it as real as Cristobal implied it is? Absolutely. Players watch. Yeah. Do you want to go play somewhere that they're struggling constantly? Of course not. If they had another season like they did last year, they would probably lose commitments. Right. Nobody wants to be a part of that, man. It's it's not fun. So, yeah, it's going to build, especially when you whip somebody. I mean, except for the first 10 minutes of that AM game, they pretty much dominated it. I mean, they were down, what, 10 nothing or whatever, and they ended up winning 48. They, they outscored them by 23 points or whatever it is down the street. I mean, they just murdered them. <laughs> that was on TV, man. Everybody saw it. I mean, I was on the field. You were in the booth. There were tons of big-time recruits there, LJ McRae, among others. That matters. Seeing it with your own eyes is important. That's why I keep bringing up unofficial visits. When they get on get on campus, if you show them a good product, they're going to be interested. This, this is huge for Miami. When we come back, I, I need to pick Brian's brain. And he was so nice to send me some photos last weekend. He was at it, and a lot of recruiting analysts were out at – mainland versus rains uh last friday and so i need to see and understand how several miami targets looked in that game zay mincy four-star safety lj mccray we talk about two remaining blue chip defensive linemen left lj mccray is the other one in addition to aiden breeland and also top 2025 offensive lineman solomon thomas on the rain side in that game i gotta pick brian's brain you know what we like to say we are only getting started right here on Locked on Canes. Guys, I am only getting started on FanDuel. I mean, we're heading into week three of the NFL season, week four of college football. There is so much time left, my friends, to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Place that $5 bet, the 200 bonus bets, it's just going to poof. It's going to appear right there in your account. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose that first bet, by the way. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, which I love, over-unders, and so much more. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel and uh, include money lines, props. Check it all out. FanDuel.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Thank you so much to the everydayers and to the everydayers. If you want to take that everyday experience to the next level, be sure to sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. One-on-ones with me on subtext. You get text messages directly from my phone to yours, breaking news, recruiting scoops, so much good stuff on there. Try it free for 14 days. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of extra added value on there. We are joined by my colleague at allhurricanes.com and recruiting guru and uh, recruiting overlord on the Locked On Network, Brian Smith. So, Brian, uh, you were out at a big game in Central Florida uh, this past week. Uh, Rains against Mainland Daytona. Let's start with a couple of the players from Mainland that Miami is after in this class of 2024. LJ McCray is a big-time defensive line target, and Miami is trying to stay, you know, near the top of his list. Where do you think Stan, where do you think things stand with LJ, and how did he look in that game? He is a very unique player. Uh, the backdrop with him is one that I don't think I've ever heard before. For whatever reason, Mainland only played him primarily at tight end up until this year. Yeah. I, which I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. But now this is his first year focusing on D-line. And he even played, as crazy as it sounds, at like 6'5", 6'6", 275 pounds, an outside linebacker rush role. Like that hybrid spot, which, I mean, that's humongous even by NFL standards. But anyway, he can end up at strong side end, D-tackle, whatever. He, he's just really athletic. And he's a kid that, you know, I'd never seen him go in live competition. And he went against Solomon Thomas who's arguably the best offensive lineman of the class at 25. Miami and everybody's recruiting him. We'll talk about him in a minute. But that was a great way to see what he could do because Thomas has been playing O-line forever, and he's 310 pounds. That's a massive young man. I was surprised. LJ held his own. He's very much a kid that can understand the technique and utilize it. He had a spin move. He had a ghost move, long arm, different, different things, and he really can run when he turns the corner. Most kids his size just can't move like he does, and they can't bend like he does. So that's why he's coveted. Uh, Jason Taylor, Coach Adai, they were both there at the game. There was Florida coaches there, coaches from other schools. Everybody knows who this kid is, so it's not real surprising. And uh, Miami is all over him. Uh, How how do you feel about Miami's chances to land him when it's all said and done on L.J. McRae? Um, I, I interviewed him afterwards and he was laughing about it. Cause he said the other night he had a dream and he woke up and he's like, you know, I need to figure this out. Uh, he's got Miami, Florida, Florida state, uh, Georgia and Auburn as his final five. He said he would like to make a decision after his birthday, which I believe he said was the 18th of October. Mm. So shortly thereafter. So we're a little over a month, give or take from him making a decision. And right now Miami's in the thick of it. He visited for the A&M game for those of you that don't know. And he's trying to get back around to all the schools and see him one more time. He was at UF this past weekend. He he said he really doesn't know. That's the thing. Like, he's the hardest kid in the country to figure out where he's going because he's. he told me like five times, I really don't know where I'm going. Hmm. It was – Miami's just in the mix, and he likes Jason Taylor and the staff and all that, but he's having a hard time telling people no. It's probably ah. the best way to – he's a really nice kid, really, really nice kid. 
But at the end of the day, there can only be one, and he's at five. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is, man. I mean, you can only pick one school. So I don't know where he's going to end up. It's it's really interesting, and I, it could go all the way to signing day. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, Brian mentioned there. Uh, you know, Miami was well represented uh, with Jason Taylor out there, defensive line coach, and Coach Jamila Dye scouting the defensive backs. So I'm sure Coach Dye got a really good look at Zay Mincy. And Brian, thank you for sending me a photo. Uh, Zay had a Hurricanes towel uh, on him uh, for that game. How did he look? That was the bigger surprise in the performance. Now, Mincy's been playing DB longer, but he's also 6'2", or if not 6'3". And I just kind of figured when I saw him a year and a half ago, he would eventually grow into a safety. But I was watching him in warm-ups, like some of those photos that I sent you, some video and stuff. He breaks and turns very naturally, like a kid that's 5'9", 5'10". With his length, that's exactly what you're looking for. He can play corner. And for that point, he's also preferring corner because I asked him point blank about it after the game. He's okay if he ends up at safety, but he strongly prefers the cornerback role. And all the college coaches I've, I've talked to, they're cool with it too. That It's so rare to get guys with that kind of length that can play corner. And again, this is why you're coveted. It's, it's ironic that Mainland has two of these guys on the same roster that are so good, but he, he's a big-time player. I think he's a guy that could end up helping a team very, very early. Very articulate kid, very high academic kid and all that. Won't have a hard time adjusting. Right now, it looks like it's going to be one of the schools in-state, Miami, Florida, Florida State. But Alabama is kind of the iffy one. He might take a trip up to see them. He's not sure yet. Um, Miami's right there in the mix. And it's gonna. it could happen this week. Hmm. Uh, I said, when's your, when's your timeline? And I, I had no idea, just kind of a random question. And he said, well, I might commit this week. I'm like, what? Wow. He said, I might commit this week. And I'm like, okay. And he told me, because really, it could be any of these schools I, I don't know right now. And I was like, okay. So we're just kind of on wait. Huh. He uh, he gave no indication, like, how he's going to do it and all that. So um, in terms of, like, announcement. But he did say he's going to tell a school and eventually, well, I guess the announcement later, like, under the radar it'll get out i'm sure but right the right. formal announcement at the all-star game in january so that's fine but whatever the case is but if he's making a decision this week good luck to him because i couldn't pry anything out of him that gave me a lead so <laughs> he was also with um he was also with mccray at the miami game he they, they drove down together so very interested in the hurricanes miami's all over him and it's it's a position to need they need corners this would be a great addition to the program. Yeah, you also mentioned uh, watching in that game uh, with the different jersey on uh, with Reigns, Solomon right. Thomas. That's right. So, yeah. Um, what 2025 guy, Miami would love to have Solomon Thomas, of course. Uh, I, I don't know. Is, is there a timeline for him yet? Because obviously we do see 2025 guys popping off the board already. Do you think he could be someone who pops off the board soon or is he going to take this deeper? I would imagine it'll be a little later. He's a he's a really good kid, pretty quiet, kind of going through the process. And he knows he's got a gazillion offers and his options are all but limited. I don't think he'll rush into it. And I hope he doesn't, to be honest. I'd rather kids commit once instead of four times. Yeah. So, it, you know, some of those kids do that. But he's a young man that has, quite frankly, impressed everybody that I've spoken to. He did really well at Under Armour. He was the best alignment, even as an underclassman this spring. And he looked really good against LJ. 
and he is just so powerful. I mean, he he is a hoss. It puts when you're three ten and you don't look overweight, it's a good sign. So he and he's sixteen years old. Wow. You know, it's just he was gifted a little bit differently. Uh, he can play tackle. He can play guard. He's kind of like Maui Go in that sense, the way he's built, just really natural, powerful. You can play him in or out. I'm going to be curious to see what trips he takes. I know he's been to Miami, but this next spring will be big for him. If he gets to campuses unofficially, those will be the ones to watch. Now, you know, Miami did have a, a top 20, a 2025 player, I should say, popping off the board in their favor late last week, and that's Armando Blunt, five-star defensive lineman out of Miami Central. I would imagine you've watched him in person several times before, Brian. I'd love your scouting report. That's number one. And then number two on Armando Blunt, are you hearing the buzz that he might reclassify to 2024? Number one with the scouting report, he played weak side end at 250 in the game I went to earlier this year. That's a rare thing for a high school kid, and he's fine with it. He had six sacks in the game. He has a bevy of moves. He's got a very explosive first step, and unlike guys his size, he plays more like a 295-pound player. When he long-arms somebody or bull rushes, he can run through them. He is the full package. Nice. And Miami is going to get a guy that can play early. I don't know which spot specifically he'll play because I think he can play multiple. That'll kind of take its own course. But he's just a great football player, and you let that kind of play itself out. As for the 24 and 25 stuff, I've heard that. I haven't heard from Armando. I don't know what he's trying to do. That's a pain in the butt to take all those extra classes and get them out of the way. He's got to make that commitment. And maybe he can enroll next summer or something like that if he did. Getting a whole year out of the way, man, That's that doesn't sound like much fun to me. No. But, uh, more, my, I would not want that on my plate. But anyway, that's something that came up I heard last week, but I haven't inquired much about it. Uh, Miami could obviously use him, and he's one of the rare kids that physically could do it. I mean, I saw him when he was a sophomore in high school, and he was ready then physically to at least play on a roster. But now he's he's a grown man. He's, he's 250. He's ready to roll. So it wouldn't shock me if that happened. We still have more to come with Brian Smith joining us here on Locked on Canes. Based on the way the first quarter of the season has played out, Miami and their top ACC rivals, are we seeing the Canes now ranked 20th in the country as a legitimate contender to win an ACC championship? We will talk about that and so much more right here on Locked on Canes. And right after we talk about game time, guys, I can't tell you how many people I've seen complaining about ticket prices being too high. If you're looking for deals, you can get those deals up to the very last minute at game time. I'm telling you, buying tickets should not be a stressful experience, especially buying tickets even day of game day should not be stressful because you're always finding the best prices at game time. They have flash deals and last-minute deals you will not believe. Some games you're getting in for double-digit or sometimes even single-digit prices when you buy tickets day of at game time. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, whether it's a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, anything you can think of. Forget planning months in advance. And the game time guarantee, guys, you're always covered at game time. You're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code 
Locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Folks, make sure you tune in this Friday, every Friday. Locked on college football kickoff live. I'm back in the studio this week. They let me on vacation last week. I am back this week. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on every college YouTube channel on the Lockdown Network, including this one. We get you ready with college football playoff storylines, previews, and recaps of all the biggest games out there. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on Lockdown Canes YouTube and on every college YouTube channel. Brian Smith is with us on this episode of Locked on Kane. So, Brian, based on the way these first uh, three games around the ACC have played out, uh, obviously, you know, Florida State, the highest profile right now in the conference, what they did to LSU week one. They had a little scare at Boston College, but BC is always a tough place to play, especially when you get that red bandana game, which is what the Florida State drew. Uh, you know, Clemson, obviously, notably lost to Duke week one. They've looked inconsistent. North Carolina has had some ups and downs defensively. Uh, based on the way Miami and the rest of the group has played, has your opinion changed at all on where the Hurricanes stand as contenders to win the conference? It's escalated. I mean, I, I wrote about this the last few days. It starts with quarterback play. They've obviously went through the roof compared to when Tyler was out last year, and they're protecting him. So when you've got a balanced offense that can run and pass, obviously they're they're full of good running backs. You can really dictate to the other team. Just look how they shredded an A&M team with all those four- and five-star guys. Right. That's impressive, man. That's impressive. And Miami has more depth. You and I were talking about that right before the season. We didn't know how things would gel, but the difference in the roster last year to this year is quite stark. The only question I have is, will they be able to handle big-moment situations when things don't go their way? You don't know those until you get in them. Um, and that can even be, like, for BC and, and Florida State, that's a great example. They just had to survive. Florida State didn't want to be in that game. You could tell they had no interest in that game, which is on them. Yeah, That's how you can get beat. Miami has one of those games coming up pretty soon when they play Georgia Tech. That's a much improved team. Miami's at home. I, I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole because <laughs> Georgia Tech will be psyched up and Miami will probably be flat. Can you find a way to win your clunkers? Mm. Miami needs to prove that. And then, of course, they got to be you know, Clemson and teams like that. But right now, the two best teams of the conference are Florida State and Miami. When was the last time you thought about something like that even being a possibility? I mean. Oh, my goodness. That's five years plus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's before. Well, it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say because, like, you know, five, six years ago when Miami was up, Florida State was down at that time. So it's, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough to even say. Yeah. So anyway, it. It's, it's incredible. Clemson, we're going to find more about because they play Florida State this weekend. That'll yeah. settle a lot of things. Uh, it's a Death Valley. I still think Florida State will beat them because this is not what I would call your, your daddy's old Clemson team to me. But they're good, and that's one of the toughest environments, but we'll know more. Miami's got a little easier road here short term. They do need to get healthy, though. The yeah. D-line in particular. But overall, I mean, they tackle better, Alex. They, they run to the ball better. They just got more depth. They certainly cover better. You and I talked about that last year a bunch. Guys just wide open everywhere last year. It's not the case this year. This this is a very good Miami defense. They can compete with anybody, and I think they can win nine plus games. Yeah, I mean some of the uh, the pleasant surprises. Uh, like I, I knew Jaden Davis was a player to watch out for when he transferred in from Oklahoma, 
had no idea he was this good. I mean, he no, looks, me he looks me fantastic, right? I mean, you know, Kiko Maui Noah has been better than advertised. Uh, that, that, that's the line. Obviously, we like Francis, CeCe as well, but Kiko, the linebacker, you know, talking defense has been really, really good. And, and something that impressed me, Brian, and obviously you still hope we're getting guys hopefully like, you know, Dean and Mesador back healthy sooner rather than later. But I was really impressed in the second half of that Texas A&M game when all those guys were sitting out because, uh, you know, they got injured in the first half. There really wasn't any drop off when it came to the pressure. And Jared Harrison Hunt is a reserve you know, a temporary starter has played really well. Ruben Bain is doing really well. So obviously you still want to have your your top guys healthy on the D-line, but they've shown a good next man up mentality on that D-line so far. That is the difference between big time and just being kind of good. Yeah. Miami's depth, man. Like you said, there are plays where they move Bain all over the line. He even played nose guard on a play. I, I was like, you know, he's big enough. Yeah. But when you have versatility and athletes like that coming off the bench, you can beat anybody in a given in a given game. Miami didn't have that last year. They just didn't have the depth. And remember, like Jaden Wayne hasn't even hardly played yet. He was ranked just as higher higher than Bain was coming out of high school. When you're adding that kind of depth to your roster, man, it's great. So Miami, in my opinion, is right there at Florida State as one of the top two teams in the ACC. Now they just got to continue to progress and hopefully, like you said, get a little healthier. Yeah. Well, excellent stuff here as always from Brian Smith. You want to follow him on X at FB Scout underscore Florida. Brian, thank you so much for the time. We'll do it again next week. All right, brother. I appreciate it, sir. And thank everyone for supporting the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. And we will talk to you again next time. Later today, in fact, for the everydayers, we're going to have Don Solinger on this afternoon legendary former Miami Hurricanes assistant coach and high school coach at Miami Southridge. Don Salinger is going to join Bruce Warner and I around 6 p.m. tonight. So you want to check that out right here on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.